0: As I mentioned, we're doing a worship series right now called Love Works, and uh, it's based on the principles of 1 Corinthians 13, if you're a guest. Uh, you've still If you've never even read the Bible, you've probably heard this passage at a wedding or a funeral or somewhere, sometime, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it keeps no record right of wrongs. All these great qualities of what love really is, because the world says love is something different. Uh, the Bible is it's such a robust list. And uh, in this book, uh, the CEO, who's a, a professing Christian, his, his idea is that uh, you can use these principles even in your life, even on the, in the workplace. And so they try to even build this company around these principles of patience, of kindness, of trusting. Today we're talking about trusting. I just want to mention that the books are here, and they will be at the information table. So uh, they are... Uh, uh, Twelve dollars each if you buy them on your own. They're fourteen, but uh, if you want to purchase one of these, they'll they'll be. Brock, is that okay? You can have those at the table. Okay, so see Brock, and uh, I, we'll get more if, if if we want more. But uh, there's fifty of them here, so if you'd like to pick up one of those, especially if you uh, are a CEO or if you're a, 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 in management or whatever, it's it's a great uh, book about how to how to live out your faith as a Christian in the workplace. Today we're talking about trust. Love trusts. Trusting. Place confidence in someone is the, is the chapter in the book. Are you a trusting person? Are you a trusting person? You know, Marco asked the question uh, a few weeks back. Are you a patient person? And the answer was, it depends. Right? It's kind of that way with trust, right? It depends. Are you a trusting person? Well, it depends. Who are you asking me to trust? Uh, by nature, I am kind of a gullible person. And and a, kind of a trusting person. So because of that, I've gotten kind of jaded. You know what I mean? So, like, if someone is asking me to trust them, I'm a little scared. Like, especially if it involves, uh, we have this product that will clean your water. Or we have this vacuum cleaner that's the best vacuum cleaner ever invented. Or I have this, uh, you know, this supplement that will change your life forever. Or, you know, all those kinds. Of, I have a timeshare. If you just sit through this and uh, you you get this. I mean, I've just been caught in that stuff so many times, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of jaded. Somebody comes to my door, oh, what do you want, you know? Are you guys like that a little bit, maybe? Uh, maybe you've been burned by trusting someone before. Uh, I have a friend, a uh, best friend who, um, when we were we were uh, in college together, best friends for a long time, we, we both got married within about a year of each other, and uh, so we were newlyweds, and uh, we would hang out a lot together as newlyweds. So this one time, we're over at their house late night, we're watching a movie. Uh, I'm kicking back on the couch, just vegging. And uh, he comes over to me and he goes, "Uh, I've got some almond roca. You want some almond roca? He's handing it out to me and I take a look and I grab a little piece of almond roca and I look at it for a second. And I stick it in his mouth and suddenly, I stick it in my mouth and suddenly he starts screaming. He goes, don't bite down, don't eat it, don't eat it! And what he had done is he'd been cleaning the kitty litter and he realized that this little kitty turd covered in kitty litter, looked exactly like Almond Roca. And so he handed it to, you know, he held it out to me, he wants some Almond Roca. You know, he was just trying to joke, hey, look how much it looks like Almond Roca. And he thought I was, you know, playing him by like looking at it and then putting it. So suddenly he realized, and suddenly I realized I should not have trusted you. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm happy to say I did, not, I did not bite down, so that was good. But uh, you might have been burned by trusting someone before. But in this passage, the Bible says love always trusts. Wow, that's a challenge to always trust. I mean, I can sometimes trust, but to always trust—that's a challenge. We could all grow in our trust. And so we're going to be, be, be looking at this. Uh, we're going to be looking at this, this, uh, this passage as well as others here today. I'm going to say a prayer before we go any further, and we have a few um, items to pray about. So I'm going to pray for those and then uh, we'll continue on. So please bow with me. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would open up our hearts to trust you, to trust your word, to trust the people that you've put in our lives. Help us all to grow in our trust from this time right now. And thank you so much for this fellowship. Thank you for the amazing uh, family that we feel with the people around us here. God, that we've found your kingdom. God, that, uh, that you have rescued us and Uh, All those things we just sang about, your love is amazing and it's steady and unchanging and and it's a mountain and it's firm beneath our feet. Thank you that we can completely trust in you and and thank you that we've got this place of people who are also trusting in you. I pray for those uh, needs around us, God. I know that uh, uh, Ken, Ken, uh, 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 Ken Chow recently lost his father and I just pray for him and his family. I know Jerry recently lost his father this last week and pray for him and his family. Just pray that we can be a comfort around them during this time. I pray that their lights can really shine during this time. I pray for a Patricia, Patricia Merrill, who uh, fell and, and broke her hip and is waiting for surgery. Just pray for a great uh, recovery for her, God, and I uh, know she's a special part of the family here. And uh, just pray you bless our time of worship and, and uh, learning from your scriptures here today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh I also want to mention uh, I was handed this uh, this is cool. Our, we have a, a kids choir here which you might know and uh look forward to hearing them again here soon. And they performed at the this uh event in Gardena called the Art Walk and uh it was there was all this art featured and uh, Mauro Palomo won his age group art contest. He made a uh, topographical map of Central America. So let's give it up for Maro. Great job. And uh there was donations involved and all of the kids in the Kids Choir uh, made the decision that they want their the donations to all go to special missions in Central America. So that's really cool. Uh, our Kids Choir. So appreciate that. All right. So uh so trust. I want to mention in the book, uh he talks about something that I had never thought of of being about being a lack of trust and that is that interrupting is a lack of trust. How many of you have interrupted someone before? I mean, man, that's a tough one. Uh, I mean, I, you know, interrupt my wife. I interrupt my kids. That—that's one a lot. I interrupt. My, I don't want them to interrupt me, but it's okay if I interrupt them, right? I'm—I'm <laughs> I'm talking to myself here. Nobody's—nobody's nobody's with me. No, nobody else interrupts their kids. Uh, interrupting is a lack of trust because what you're saying is that, well, what you have to say, I don't trust what you have to say, or it's not as important as what I already know or I already think. And that really challenged me from the book, interrupting is not a, uh, is a, a lack of trust. Failing to listen is a lack of trust. It's talked about having great listening skills is a matter of trust. I thought that was a great point, a great nugget, that I need to really listen because it's trusting people. And we're going to look a little bit more in trusting people. Uh, it reminded me of this clip, if we can get sound on. Uh, there's this clip here that I want to show here, really quick, a very brief clip. I'm listening to you we might not say that out loud, but that's what we think in our hearts sometimes. I'm not listening to you. You're crazy. It's amazing uh, how many times in the day a, a Nacho Libre quote comes in handy. So, uh, for example, even right now, let's get down to the nitty-gritty. greedy. Point one, we trust God. We trust God. Uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this point, but because uh, this is really the foundation of our faith, but... We trust God. That's the starting point. We sang about it. Uh, We're here because of it. We trust God. The whole Bible is the story of trusting God. There's this verse in Hebrews 11 that says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. So that's the starting point, having faith, putting your trust in God. Uh, We read a a scripture with our, our worship team this morning that says, it's in Proverbs three. It says, Trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding. And all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. So it's it's putting your weight on God. We trust in God. And so if you're here today and you're you're new to the fellowship or you're busy with us and you don't feel like you have a trust in God yet, that's a great place to start. Is develop that trust in God. And that really to me it comes from the beginning of trusting Jesus. So reading the book of John would be a great place to start. There's a great book. If you if you aren't sure about if you can trust Jesus or if you believe in Jesus. There's a great book called The Case for Christ. It's even a Netflix video now that you can watch, Case for Christ. And and it develops a trust in God. So that's really the starting point that we can trust in God. Because that's foundational because sometimes your trust in people will ebb and flow. But if you've got trust in God, you can always go back there. Uh, For example, I had a friend who, we were were going through some stuff in our church. We were kind of going through an identity crisis a little bit as a a fellowship. This is back in like 2003 or 2004. And uh, he he had been a little bit burned by some relationships. And and, and he had this, I remember him coming to me and saying, I I feel lost. I feel like I can't trust people right now. I can't trust people. And uh, it it was ministering to him to tell him, you know what, You, you can't trust people, but you can trust God. You know, that's just where he was at. Now, we've got, we got to grow in our trust for people when we're talking about that the rest of the time here. But that's foundational. You know, when you feel like, I can't, I don't have anything, I don't have anybody, well, I can trust God. Okay, I know he knows, I know he sees, I know he's in control. I can trust God. And it's just a foundation that you fall back to. We trust God, it's a starting point. But check this out. This is amazing. God trusts us. God trusts us. You know, Jesus came to this earth. Jesus is God coming into the earth, coming as a man to walk among us. And and his choice for how to change the whole world was to pull together some people and to, to trust them. Like, look what he says here in Luke 22 to his, his best friends. They had a three-year ministry at this point. This is the night of his betrayal. And he says to them, you are those who have stood by me in my trials. Now, had they stood by him? I mean, they, they, were, they were wishy-washy, right? But he's... He's trying to build up their confidence. And he says, I confer on you a kingdom, just as my father conferred one on me, so that you may eat and drink at my table and in my kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. So Jesus trusted, he conferred, if you don't know the word confer, it means to pass on. I'm I'm passing on to you a kingdom. And you're going to be like the guys in charge, you're going to be sitting on these twelve tribes, Uh, thrones and judging the twelve tribes of israel you are so important to this kingdom that i'm passing on to you now who were these guys if you've been around you know them they were uh they they were arrogant they were irresponsible they had problems you know uh, they were fishermen unschooled and ordinary men the bible even calls them and yet jesus trusted them with the kingdom he conferred on them a kingdom you know what's amazing is even in this context even what was happening at this very moment uh, a couple verses earlier it says that uh, at this time a dispute also arose among them as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. So Jesus is about to go to the cross, and his friends are arguing about, hey, which one of us is better? I'm better than you. No, no, I'm better than you because of this. They're arguing about who's the greatest. And even in spite of that, Jesus says, I'm conferring on you a kingdom. I'm, I'm passing on what God gave to me. I'm passing on to you. That was his plan. A little bit farther in the story, after Jesus raises from the dead, and right before he goes back to heaven, he says this. If, if you're a member of the church, you're, you're very familiar with this passage. But, but let's look, really look at this. It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So, remember, he says, I received, I received from God the kingdom, now I'm conferring it to you. So, I receive now and passing on. So, he says, All authority has been given to me, therefore, go. So, he's taking God's authority And he's passing it on to them. And he says, therefore, go, verse 19, and make disciples, followers of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So there's this, Jesus receives from God, he passes on to his guides, and then he says, I want you to pass it on to others. So there's this passing on, and it involves trust. Trust is what connects us in those relationships. I confer on you a kingdom. Why? Because I trust you. I trust you to pass this on to you. Jesus trusts us, and that's His plan. God has chosen to work through people. You know, Jesus didn't come and take His message straight to the, the, the world. He didn't choose to come at our time and our place and set up a, a, a cable network and, and a website and go straight to the masses. He, he spoke to a few people. He, he, he ministered to a few people and said, I want you to pass it on, I want them to pass it on, them to pass it on. That's the way God chose To change the world is trusting a few people who would then trust others and trust others. Work through people. And what if we really follow that plan? If we simply trust God enough to trust people to to train us and then to pass that on. Isn't that the way to change our community? Isn't that the way to change South Bay? Isn't that the way to change our environment? It's the key to changing the world. Now, it's humbling to think that God would trust us, isn't it? Because we know us. Right? We know all of our faults. We know what a mess we are. We know all of our sins and, and our weaknesses and our failures. But that was true in the first century. That was true of the people that Jesus chose. They had problems. They had faults. They had frailties. And yet, God trusted them. And, and in the same way, God trusts us with His message, with His Word, with His principles, with, with His mission. God trusts us. Uh, in fact, He chose us. Look at this verse in 1 Corinthians 1. 1 Corinthians one through 27-29. It says, God chose the foolish things of the world, to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the things that were despised and the things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. So who are we in this verse? We're the foolish, we're the weak, we're the lowly, we're the despised, we're the not. You know, We know that about ourselves, right? But that's who God wants. God has chosen us. Isn't that amazing? And so because God's chosen us, because we trust God, God's chosen us, God trusts us, we, the, passing it on, we've got to trust others. We must trust others. That's the plan, is that we trust others, that, that we allow God to work through us to help others and to trust others and to help, let others help us. Romans 15:14 says this, I myself am convinced, my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with knowledge, and competent to instruct one another. Now, did the Romans have any issues? Did they have any problems? Of course they did. You know, If you just read the book of Romans, they had issues. They had problems. There was, there was issues in the fellowship with the, Jew, the people of Jewish background, the people of non-Jewish background. There was issues, but, but Paul's saying, you are competent. This is God's plan. The plan is that we instruct one another. The plan is that we help one another. That we impact each other. That's how God works, is through people. And so, if you're here today and you want to grow spiritually amen, the way God's going to often help us to grow is through the people around us. And so we're a fellow, if you're visiting with us today, we're a fellowship of people who are involved in each other's lives. That's what I love about this church. It's not, you know, this church, what's so cool about it, it's not just, oh, there's this phenomenal speaker. You know, a lot of churches, there's some incredible speaker and everybody kind of comes and then he goes and then the people leave or they go to where he is now or whatever. I mean, we have some good speakers in this church. Uh, I'm not talking about myself, but others. Uh, but that's not why we're here, you know, we're... What's cool about this church is the people. It's, it's the relationships with one another. It's that we're not just together on Sunday. We're together all throughout the week. You'll find out soon. You know that We're involved in each other's lives. We're friends with one another. And that's the plan. It, that's what we see in the Bible. It wasn't centered around one person or, or one figure or one giant Sunday worship service. It was the interactions between people and the daily relationships that people had. That's God's plan. And in that plan... Jesus' goal is that the whole world would be transformed, that communities would be changed, culture, humanity, the course of eternal destinies, all through this plan of trusting others in our lives. You know, to to share personally, I I, I grew up in this church, and, uh, you know, God really worked through people. And and, uh, I I remember coming to a realization that I had been a religious person. I I believed in God. I kind of went through the motions of going to church. But I had never really made this decision to be a follower of Jesus, to give up everything, to follow him and to allow myself to be trained by others. And so I remember making that decision in in high school and and going, "Okay, I'm going to I'm going to let others help me, you know, in my own relationship. I'm going to be open. I'm going to be real. I'm going to I'm going to put my all in in my, my whole faith, you know, my my whole weight on this thing, this thing of following Jesus and this this faith, I'm not going to just kind of be on the sideline and, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I also do this and whatever. I'm not going to kind of keep one foot in. I'm going to put my whole weight on it and trust God and trust the people around me. And it was it absolutely transformed my life. That made all the difference. Whereas before, I was a religious person who I had certain sins I couldn't overcome and I felt like powerless in my life. Then suddenly the power came into my life when I really trusted completely in God and trusted in the people around me. The act of putting trust in someone... There's a, there's a, a verb to, to, to put trust, to, to give something to someone. It's in trust, to entrust to someone. And there's this uh, scripture in the Bible where Paul told Timothy, The things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. So don't you see this process again? Paul is passing something on to Tim, or he has passed it on. And he says, "Tim, I want you to pass that on to reliable people, and then they're going to pass that on to others. And trust is what makes all those connections happen. Trust is what allowed Timothy to to to, to have Paul have an impact on his life, and then and then on and on and on, on it goes. Just to give you a little background about these guys and their relationship, uh, Timothy was uh, uh, a, a guy that, that as Paul was going from city to city and starting churches." He ran into there in Lystra, and his, uh, Timothy was probably young. His father was not a disciple. His mother was a disciple. His mother and, and grandmother were from a Jewish background, and they were both disciples. His father was a Greek, and he wasn't part of the church. Uh, but Timothy became a disciple. We don't know if he became a disciple before Paul got there or after, but we know that from that point he, he went with Paul, and he trusted Paul enough to go, I'm going to follow this guy, and I'm going to be trained by him. So he starts traveling with Paul. And one of the things that, that happens is, Uh, Paul is going to these places, and what he would do is he would go first and talk to the the people that were Jews, because Paul himself had a a, a stellar Jewish background. He he knew the Jewish faith back and forth. And so as he was going in somewhere, there was already this kind of infrastructure where the Jews would gather every weekend. And so Paul would start with that. He would go to the Jews, go every weekend to that gathering, and, and tell them about Jesus, and hopefully convert some of those Jews. And so because Timothy's father was a Greek, he had never been circumcised, and He hadn't been grown up as a Jew. But but because Timothy trusted Paul, uh, Timothy allowed himself to be circumcised as an adult so that he could fit in with the Jews and be able to help Paul in his ministry. Now, that's a lot of trust. No one in the church has ever asked me to do something like that. That's a big decision, right? That's That's a painful decision. And yet, that just shows you the level of trust that Timothy had in Paul to allow himself to be trained by. And so... You know, their, their, their relationship continues and grows and, and Paul uh, and Timothy travel together and then eventually uh, Paul and Timothy part, depart because Paul sends Timothy to different places or leaves him here to do something so he goes over here. And they really work together. And in one situation, uh, Corinth was in need of a lot of help. The city of Corinth, uh, the disciples there were having some problems and there was letters going back and forth between Paul and this church in Corinth. Corinth was one of the biggest uh cities in the roman empire and it was a very a lot of greek culture a very cultural city and not a, there, there wasn't many jew people from jewish background they weren't religious people that became christians in corinth they were more from pagan background and there was just a lot of problems in the church so paul says i really need to make an impact there but i can't go there right now and, and he tells them in the letter he says i want you to imitate me so because i want you to imitate me here's what i'm going to do for this reason, I have said to you, Timothy, my son whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord, he will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees everywhere with what I teach everywhere in every church. So isn't that cool, the relationship that Paul and Timothy had, that he was able to, I can't go myself, but I can send Timothy, and he is so much like me, and we've had such a, so much trust in our relationship that being with Timothy is going to be just like being with me. They'll get the same thing out of it, because... Uh, we've had this trust that's allowed us to, to, to impact one another. Uh, and that's, again, that's the plan here in the church, is that we learn and then we entrust that to others. We learn and we entrust that to others. We learn and we entrust that to others. And then, and then that's how God's kingdom is built up. And this is something I'm not very good at. I'm learning, I'm trying to grow in and really entrusting others. But, but I was encouraged uh, a little while back because... Um, there was a conference going on in, in, in Mexico, and they wanted me to come and do all the worship for it, and I couldn't come. And it was cool to be able to have somebody that I could say, I can't come, but I can send Dan, Daniel Luna, and he'll do just as great a job as me. In fact, he's going to do a much better job because he speaks Spanish, and I don't. And uh, it was so cool to be able to send somebody else and know that he's going to do just as good a job or better than, than I would. And, and Why? Because... Daniel Luna and I, were close, and we've developed a great friendship, and, and there's a lot of trust there with both of us where we're, we're learning things from each other and passing things on to one another. Trusting one another is not easy. Uh, it, it, it causes us to have to let go of control, but that's when God really works. I want to show you a demonstration to, uh, to, to kind of give you an example of what this is. Uh, can I get the men-teen ministry to come up here on stage? The, the men and the teens. All you guys, I need like about five of you. Come on up, guys. Come on, you guys too. All right, we're going we're gonna to demonstrate this. All right, so we're going to... You guys know what a trust fall is, I know, because you've been to camp. So we're going to demonstrate for all of you a truss fall. So one of you is going to stand on here, and the rest are going to catch him. All right, come on, Justin. OK. So what he's going to do is he's going to close his eyes, or he going to you keep your eyes open if you want. He's gonna, you guys get in place. He's, he's going to want to see you in place. That helps a little bit. All right, he's going to fall backwards. All right, so look at me and fall backwards when I say three, and then they're going to catch him. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Oh, come on, you got to let him fall a little more. Okay, ready? Let him let him go a little bit farther. Let's let's test his faith a little bit. All right, one, two, three. Ah, there we go. Great job, guys. Thank you. Good job. Great job, guys. We got an awesome team ministry here. Amen. But that physical demonstration, it is really what trust is like. Because there is that moment where you're like, "Uh, I don't know, you know. Is this going to work next time? Next demonstration. Is this going to work? And uh, personally, I feel like God has has been working on this with me the last year or two. I feel like this is something I've been learning, where God just allows me to be stretched where I just can't do anything else, you know, like I'm trying to control the situation, but it's it's now beyond my control, and I've just stretched to the point where I'm just, I just can't do it, and I'm just desperate, and it's kind of, you throw up your hands, and you go, God, I just, I surrender, I can't do it, I'm here for you, I'll do whatever you want, but I, I'm, I, I'm done, you know, like <laughs> I surrender, help me, and then people come in and help you, God comes in and helps you, and, and, and it's better than it would have been if you had tried to control everything. And, and I feel like it 's liberating it 's like i don 't have to have all the answers i don 't have to do everything all my, by myself i don 't have to have it all figured out it 's good for me to need other people because there 's part of me that i don 't want to need other people. Is that just me or is that you too? I want to be able to figure it all out I want to be able to do it all myself. you know those of you guys that know me, I like to do stuff around the house I tile and I paint and i you know I, I do drywall and I do all this stuff and you know I like to do I do my own uh, lawn and stuff but but there's a point where i just can't do it i gotta call somebody can you help me out i gotta call frank aquilina i can't do this plumbing thing please help me frank (laughs) you know he comes over and helps me but that's a, a, a a physical analogy but spiritually as well just that point where okay i surrender i give up help me people help me god i trust i trust that you have a plan just to talk practically here what are some things that we need to trust people in what are some areas that we need to trust people in first thing uh, uh the gospel it's the good news that the gospel again jesus's plan to change the world was for him to impact these guys and then he says i want you guys to go and make disciples to make followers of jesus not just tell them about me but make disciples get people to follow me and invest and completely trust in the plan so if you're visiting with us and you're, and you're new to this fellowship that's what we do we, we we help people to become disciples to become followers of jesus not just sit down with me and let's say a prayer together and, oh, now you're saved and go on your merry way. You know, we try to help people. Let me show you who Jesus is, what he taught, and what it means to be his follower. That's the gospel. And in that, you get all of your sins forgiven and you get to, to have a purpose and a meaning in, your, in life and you get to turn around and impact someone else. So that's the plan and that's something that requires trust. It requires trust to be taught and to be able to, to open up the Bible and be, be real and be vulnerable and talk about your life and it takes trust to pass it on. I think some of us who are disciples who are have been followers of Jesus for a while, we might have it's been maybe it's been a while since you helped someone else become a Christian because because of a lack of trust. You know, we're afraid, oh, if I if I, if I really invest in this person, they might reject me or they might reject God. If I really put in the time with this person, I don't know how it's going to turn out. So that requires trust, right? The gospel is all about trust. It's trusting God that God has a plan to save our lives and and trusting his word and trusting the people around us. So that's a real practical one. If you're you're busy with us, I encourage you just to sit down with someone and and read the Bible together and find out more about what I'm talking about. Our spiritual development is an area where we've got to have trust. Are you actively learning more about God and passing on what you learn? Are you open? Do people know how you're doing, what's really going on in your life? Are you getting help with your own sin? My own sin, I need to get help with. I need to talk to other. I need somebody else. I need to trust someone else to get help with my own sin. And, it, you know, trusting they're not going to judge me or they're not going to look down on me. They're going to help me to be able to change in these areas. Uh, that requires trust. But that's how we grow. I really appreciate in this church how you guys have trusted uh, Steve and Jackie Marici. You know, they've been here a, a, a couple years now and... It's been amazing to see the church rally behind them and get behind them, even to trust them enough that right now, for the short term, as they are helping minister to the West Side, when, we, when that idea was presented to the group of leaders, there, were, there was so much trust. We trust you. We trust the church. We trust the leadership. We trust what you're doing. We're behind you. We want to support you. That shows so much trust in this fellowship. And as a leader, that is so encouraging to feel like, okay, I'm trusted that I'm trying to do what's best. I might not always make the right decisions, But I got the right heart and I'm trying my best. And, and to have that trust is so exceptional. I really appreciate that in the church. Uh, helping out in the church. This is another area of church, of where we need to exhibit trust. Helping out in the church. What I mean by that is we all need to be passing on to each other the areas that, 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 where we have been serving in the church. Everybody that's serving in a current way in the church, you always got to be looking for who can I pass this on to. Not so I can get out of it, you know, because I don't want to do anything, but so that I can go on to do, and focus and do something else or whatever. Cause that's how the church gets built up is where everybody is serving or everybody's doing something. There's a lot to be done around here, right? There's the children's ministry. There's the, the family ministry, the teen ministry, the, the singles ministry. There's all these ministries and all, a lot to be done there. There's houses to be opened for, uh, you know, for, for small groups. There's parties to be held. There's studies to be done with people. There's... Uh, here at church on Sunday, there's the sound crew, the tech crew, the, the worship team, the, the, the children's ministry. There's all kinds of areas that we need help in. And we really want to avoid the Pareto principle. You know, the Pareto principle where the 80-20 rule is also known as where 20% of the people are doing 80% of the work. We don't believe in that in this church. You know, we believe where everybody's working, everybody's doing something, everyone's serving in some way uh, in in way. Ephesians 4, it describes the church that's mature being one where each part does its work. Everybody is helping. Everyone's pitching in. Everyone is serving. And that requires trust to pass on to someone else. I was at this uh, leadership conference recently. It was held by, you know, it was a religious, uh, kind of the religious world. But I went to this conference and one of the things that was said there was, uh, if someone can do something 70% as good as you can, let them do it. Now that sounds kind of prideful, doesn't it? Like, okay, well, you can do it 70% as me, so okay, you can do it. But 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 when you're for for people in leadership, a lot of times we don't trust, we don't pass things on because we don't trust people will do a good job. They they won't do as good a job as I would. And uh and so we just hold on to control of things. Uh and instead of trusting others, okay, I'm going to trust you because a lot of times it does dip a little bit in quality, but then it comes back up and does even better. And uh I know for myself, this is just a personal confession. This is not a strength of mine. And those of you who know me, you're like, yeah, I know. <laughs> you're laughing inside because, you know, I try to do too much. And I've been growing in this. I'm trying to learn this. But it really requires trust and letting go. But I remember a few years ago when uh, Dustin and I were leading the South Bay Church. And um, we had this weekend workshop. And it, this is a time in the church where we didn't uh, we didn't have the projection and stuff every Sunday. So... We were showing a PowerPoint presentation, and that was kind of special for that Sunday. And so I'd been up all night working on this PowerPoint uh, because we were showing these different things about where we were going as a church, and I was bringing the projector with me and bringing a screen with me and bringing all these cables, and I was also bringing uh, all these invitations that I had designed and printed, and I had a cutting board with me to cut the invitations, and I had like my guitar and extension cords and duct tape and all this stuff, and I just remember getting there early, and I'm sweating, and I'm trying to get everything running. I'm like, what in the world am I doing? I am, this is not helping anybody, including myself. You know, and, and, and it wasn't that, uh, you know, it wasn't that, oh, I just want to do everything because I'm the best person in the world. Part of it was just even a fear of, well, I don't want to impose, I don't want to, you know, I want to make, I want everybody's life to be a, a joy and I just want to do it all myself. That, that doesn't help them. And it doesn't help me and it doesn't help the church, so I've got to pass on and, it's been so encouraging just in this fellowship to see Joe, uh, Joe Perez is not with us today because he's up in the west side. It's great to be able to send him up to the west side to do the worship up there. No, he's going to do a great job and to be training him. It's been awesome to have Gina Stickley come into our fellowship and Gina's doing all these things that I wished I could have done for years been wanting to do and she's doing behind the scenes and it's like, oh, thank you. This is so awesome. Uh, Just working behind the scenes with our tech and our worship team and all this stuff and Dwight does a great job, and, and Sherwin does a great job with the lyrics. You know, I was doing that before, and so I had to let go of it and let Sherwin do it, and he does a much better job than me now. So it's just been great letting go of stuff and seeing God make it way better than when I was doing it. And this is something Marcos helped me with much through the years and is a great example of, and the Marichis have helped me with. Last thing uh, where we need to trust people is parenting. And there's a few ways we need to trust people in, in our parenting um, First, being willing to receive input with our kids. You know, there are a few things that can rile the emotions as much as something that's related to our kids. And that's built in. That's built in by God. I remember feeling that for the very first time when my son, who's now 14, was about two or so, and he was at a birthday party in this jumper. And this other kid in the jumper, who was probably four or five, kept pushing my son down in the jumper. You know, they'd be bouncing, Ha ha, push him down bounce, bounce, ah, boom, push him down. And I just remember the emotions that welled up inside of me. I just wanted to, while no one was looking, grab that kid and just <laughs> strangle him. I wasn't going to kill him, you know, just, just teach him a lesson. And, uh, you know, it's like, wow, where are these emotions coming from? And it's put there by God. You know, you're a parent, you're, you want to defend your kid, you want to stand up for your kid, but if somebody's really genuinely trying to help you with your kid, you've got to be careful. Okay, let me take a deep breath, and I, I want help. I want help in my parenting. I want to see what you see, because I don't see everything about my kids. And, and um, you know, one of the things that we've always done since our kids were little is when we are getting them from children's ministry right after this, we always ask the teacher, how did they do? How did he do? How did she do? Uh, and, and, you know, sometimes they'll be like, oh, yeah, he was, he was good. And you're like, no, 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 really, tell me. You know, Nicole Lee knows. You know, Nicole Lee and Marshall, they had it out many times, like seven timeouts in one uh, session of Kids Kingdom or whatever. So, uh, you know, we've always, we've always tried to do that, and it's hard. My wife's a great example of this because she's, she's okay. Tell me, I want to know. I want to know. She, you know, I want to know, and uh, please tell me. And I, I want help. And, and a lot of times, what they're saying, there's another reason that they don't know. There's always something the other person doesn't know. Like, you don't know he didn't have a nap. You don't know that he's lactose intolerant. You don't know this or you don't know that. You know what I mean? There's all these things. But it's like, who cares? You know, just, just listen, right? Just listen to what their viewpoint is. Because if someone's sharing something, let's say it's 80% uh, wrong. Or let's say it's 80% right and 20% wrong. We're totally focused on the 20% that's wrong, aren't we? I mean, it could be 80% right. Well, 20% of that is totally wrong. So all I'm just saying is trust God and trust people enough to go, okay, well, let me just try to learn what I can from this and be be really willing to get help with our kids. I I really am grateful that in the church here, in the family ministry, we've realigned the group so we can be with like-age kids and get help with our kids and help each other with our kids. It was so awesome. Uh, Rick and I playing two-on-two basketball with our two sons last night, or Friday night, with uh, Aiden and, uh, I mean, Aiden, uh, Julian and Jameson. Uh, The first game, they totally schooled us. I mean, it was like... They were like, what, six for six. I mean, every shot was just, I mean, six shots, six goals, you know. I mean, if, if I'm just shooting around and I get two out of ten, I'm happy. But, you know, they, these guys were just on fire. So, so they beat us the first game. So the second game we had to resort to, you know, Rick was the big man, the shack in the middle. <laughs> and then he just used four times right under the basket until it goes in and barely won This is the next game. But it was, just, it was just like, wow, this is so great to get help with each other's kids and to help one another with our kids. Uh, but the other thing with parenting is we've got to give trust to our kids, especially as our kids are getting into the teen years. You know, that's a huge part of them developing their own character. They're feeling like, I am trusted. And, and uh, you know, anybody who's got teens, you know that you know that's an issue. You're, you don't trust me, right? Well, we, a lot of times it's because we don't trust them, right? And so you gotta go, okay, I gotta let go of trust. And I, I remember my dad uh when I was sixteen years old letting me take a trip all the way from Pueblo to Denver all by myself, sixteen years old, uh, to go visit the church up there and somebody who had gone up there, a, a teen worker who'd gone up there. You know, sixteen years old all by myself on the freeway, no cell phones at that time. Uh, you know, my dad let let me do that. That showed a lot of trust. And my parents' trust in me is a big part of why I became a Christian. Because it wasn't just their Having my faith for me, they're teaching me how to have my own faith and and how to make my own decisions based on 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 what I really believe, not because of just that's what and that's what, as parents we want to just make their decisions for them, but we gotta trust them enough to teach them how to make their own decisions and not freak out, not try to control, but really trust them. We're gonna transition to take communion here, and uh, talking about Jesus's trust. I want to talk about, uh, I want to look at a, a, a verse in Psalm 22. So if you could go, go ahead and be turning over there. Turn to Psalm 22, if you would. God trusts us. We trust God, God trusts us. We must trust others. Before we take communion, I want to talk about Jesus' trust in God. Just to give you a little background on this verse, and then we're going to take a little bit of time to read this on our own. Psalm 22 uh, was written a thousand years before Jesus. And it's amazing because it, it it predicts in detail everything that uh, Jesus went through on the cross. I mean, it talks about they pierced my hands and my feet in verse 16. Crucifixion hadn't even been invented until uh, hundreds of years later. It talks about how his thirst in verse 13. It talks about how uh, those around him cast lots for his clothing in verse 17 and 18. It talks about the ridicule that he endured in verse 8, uh, them wagging their their fingers at him and saying, you know, ridiculing him. But it's interesting what they said is, he trusts in God. That was their, their ridicule. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him if God, if God uh, you know, wants him. Maybe God will save him. He trusts in God. So that was their sarcastic ridicule, but it was true, wasn't it? Jesus put complete trust in God in that moment. And I don't know what David was going through, The the, the, the psalmist, the guy that wrote this song. I don't know what he was going through, that he wrote these words, uh, but it, it's amazing how God used it to be this perfect uh, prophecy for what Jesus would eventually go through. And uh, as we uh, read this psalm, I want, want us to take a minute to read it silently on our own, and then I'm going to sing a song that was based on this psalm, uh, the words of this song. Uh, it's called, Why Have You Forsaken Me? And then uh, and then we'll, I'll say a prayer for communion. So let's just take a minute to read through this psalm on our own, and then I'm going to sing the song for us.